Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Making a single hit movie is one thing, but keeping that momentum rolling for an ongoing cinematic franchise is a whole other challenge and one which often causes a once-promising movie series to eventually splutter out. While in many cases movie franchises simply die off due to declining audience interest, there are sometimes instances where a single creative decision clearly marked the series' decline. Whatever the decisions were, in each case they drained each series of their remaining value, whether critically or commercially, or both, ensuring that future prospects look rather dim indeed. I'm Gareth from WhatCulture.com and here are 10 movie franchises that destroyed themselves with one decision. Number 10. Killing John Connor – Terminator Though it's fair to say that the Terminator franchise has continually fallen short of James Cameron's two original classics, the first three sequels at least didn't do anything unforgivable enough to actually leave fans turning away in droves. But then Terminator Dark Fate happened, though on paper Dark Fate had all the potential to be the best Terminator since T2. What with Cameron helping write the story and Linda Hamilton returning to the series, it soured many fans completely in its opening scene. Dark Fate, which ditches the three prior sequels and positions itself as a direct follow-up to T2, kicks off with a young John Connor being assassinated by another T-800 sent back in time by Skynet. Given that fans are deeply attached to the John Connor character, once word of his death got out, many simply opted not to catch the film in cinemas at all, resulting in Dark Fate becoming the lowest-grossing Terminator film since the original, and resulting in losses of around $130 million. With several planned sequels immediately cancelled, the series has effectively been put on ice for the foreseeable future. Number 9. Recasting Evelyn – The Mummy Because Rachel Weisz had issues with the script and had just given birth, she opted not to return as Rick O'Connell's wife Evelyn in the third Mummy movie, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, with Maria Bello instead taking over. Now, no disrespect to Bello, who is an exceptionally talented actress in her own right, but Vice and Fraser had such disarming and entertaining chemistry in the first two movies. The pair accounted for much of the series' kitschy charm, but Bello and Fraser had no natural rapport whatsoever, with Bello's interpretation of the character simply being far more serious and lacking in warmth. It didn't help that the third Mummy film was a boatload of terrible, 
otherwise. But perhaps had Vice been back to light up the screen alongside Frasier, this threequel wouldn't have felt quite so inert. It ultimately underwhelmed at the box office, and as a result, Universal cancelled the planned fourth film. Number 8. Waiting Too Long to Make the Sequel Sin City If audiences are foaming at the mouth for a series, get while the going is good rather than leave viewers waiting so long for a new movie that they eventually lose interest. That's absolutely what doomed the Sin City series to a premature yet oddly protracted demise. Robert Rodriguez's 2005 adaptation of Frank Miller's acclaimed graphic novel received rave reviews for its visual style and strong ensemble cast, while also turning a tidy profit at the box office, such that Rodriguez immediately put plans in motion for a sequel. Despite a script being completed by 2007, shooting was delayed by both the availability of cast members and studio red tape, such that Sin City A Dame to Kill For wasn't finally released until 2014, almost an entire decade after the original. During the interim, the zeitgeist had moved on, comic book movies were everywhere, and the implied prestige of graphic novel adaptations had long worn off. Though hardly a bad sequel, it just felt like too little too late and unsurprisingly tanked at the box office. Now, with the series' theatrical prospects dead, a TV reboot is currently in the works. Number 7. Ditching Will Smith Independence Day Though there was considerable audience interest in an Independence Day sequel, which reunited the original main cast for another bout of alien-stomping mayhem, most of that enthusiasm drained away once Fox confirmed that Will Smith would not be returning. Roland Emmerich ultimately stated that Smith's asking price, allegedly $50 million for two sequels, was too high, while Smith claimed he had scheduling conflicts with Suicide Squad. Either way, Smith's fighter pilot character Stephen Hiller was given a lame off-screen death in Independence Day Resurgence, and his stepson Dylan was brought in as a howlingly transparent replacement. Smith's absence left a colossal void of charisma that the rest of the cast, no matter their efforts, simply could not fill, and by killing Hiller off so definitively, there was little possibility of Smith ever being able to return in the future. As a result, Resurgence was a major box office disappointment, grossing less than half of what its predecessor did two decades earlier and effectively killing the franchise outright. Number 6. Actually Showing the Blair Witch Blair Witch. Perhaps the primary reason that the Blair Witch Project proved so successful was that it reveled in its own minimalist, low-budget filmmaking style, leaving audiences to make up most of the horror in their own minds, rather than forcing rickety special effects upon them. Even the terrible first sequel, Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2, was smart enough to keep the titular supernatural entity out of the frame. But when the series got a surprise threequel in 2016, director Adam Wingard made the fatal decision to actually show off the Blair Witch. Though the creature is only seen in one brief sequence, it's enough to reduce the terrifyingly enigmatic entity to a generic CGI slather ghoul. And just like that, the series' signature mystery evaporated in a puff of cynical mediocrity. Despite wildly mixed reviews, Blair Witch did actually turn a profit due to its mere $5 million budget, but the $45.2 million worldwide gross was ultimately a far cry from what 
what Lionsgate was hoping for. Just a fraction of the original's $248.6 million haul. And so a prospective sequel was quietly cancelled. Number 5. Refusing to let go of the past Star Wars Star Wars proved with the sequel trilogy that it was simply incapable of letting go of its tethers to the past. Though The Force Awakens received understandable criticism for hewing too close to A New Hope, it was a somewhat understandable move given the hostile fan reception to George Lucas's prequels. Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi was a more daring and creative, if also flawed, sequel, and one which at least suggested the series would finally be moving into more unexpected and original spaces. But the wildly divisive response to the film unfortunately caused Lucasfilm to pivot, undoing much of Johnson's work in The Rise of Skywalker, and instead lazily leaning back on the series' greatest hits. Palpatine returns with scarcely little explanation, Lando is shoehorned into the plot, and Rey is randomly revealed to be Palpatine's granddaughter. Not to mention Han Solo and Luke Skywalker popping back up for good measure. Needless to say, Lucasfilm will struggle to rustle up much enthusiasm for yet another linear, numerical sequel trilogy anytime soon. Number 4. Going Meta Gremlins Unlike most of the franchise-annihilating films on this list, Gremlins The New Batch is actually a fantastic movie. Better than the original, in fact. The problem, however, is that it just wasn't a terribly appealing commercial prospect for mainstream fans of the first, largely ditching its genuinely disturbing horror-tinged tone for a lighter and more surreal satire. Director Joe Dante ultimately only agreed to return for the sequel because he was both given full creative control and a budget more than four times that of the original, allowing him to bring every wacky idea he had to fruition. And Gremlins The New Batch is basically a live-action cartoon, an hilariously outlandish lampoon of corporate America which amps up the absurdity in every which direction, and proves all the more entertaining as a result. But it just wasn't what mainstream audiences were expecting after the more sober original, and so they largely left well alone with the sequel grossing a pathetic $41.5 million worldwide. Though talk of a new sequel or reboot resurfaces every few years, the franchise has currently been in the deep freeze for more than 30 years. Number 3. Oversaturating the Market The Lego Movie Though there was understandable skepticism that the Lego Movie wouldn't amount to much more than a glorified feature-length commercial, it ultimately turned out to be one of the decade's most surprising films. A devilishly witty, beautifully animated, and surprisingly heartfelt effort. While interest in a sequel was high, Warner Brothers quickly shot themselves in the foot by oversaturating the market with Lego movies. In 2017, both the Lego Batman movie and the Lego Ninjago movie were released, the former a solid success while the latter tanked at the box office. This was the first warning sign that fatigue was quickly setting in, and that beyond the core LEGO movie brand, audiences weren't terribly interested in a slew of spin-offs. The general perception that LEGO was being shoved down audiences' throats ultimately caused the LEGO Movie 2 to crash and burn commercially failing to gross even half that of the original despite solid reviews. This led to the cancellation of a planned fifth film, The Billion Brick Race, while a proposed sequel to the Lego Batman movie was also deemed unlikely due to the series' rights shifting from Warner Brothers to Universal. 
It honestly feels like Lego films had their brief time in the sun, and that's all she wrote, sadly. Number 2, Going PG-13, The Expendables While the first two Expendable films were hardly great works of cinema, they at least delivered the basic goods that audiences craved. Cartoonishly brutal, R-rated action led by a cast of revered action stars. The Expendables 3 inexplicably saw Sylvester Stallone attempting to make the series more appealing to younger audiences. And so had the movie shot for a PG-13 rating. Unsurprisingly, this left many fans deeply disappointed that the hardcore violence of the first two films was replaced with mostly bloodless, impact-free death. What a shame. This wasn't what fans signed up for when the series started. And so to the shock of few, it was by far the lowest grossing film of the trilogy. And so, six years later, a fourth film still hasn't materialized, even as Stallone continually insists that it's in development. Yeah, you just keep on keeping the faith, Sly. Number one, repeatedly rehiring Simon Kimberg, X-Men. Now, to be clear, Fox's X-Men series was likely always going to come to an end when Disney acquired the studio, but it at least could have gone out with a dignified farewell had Fox not continually employed the services of writer, director, producer Simon Kinberg. Kinberg has his fingerprints over four X-Men movies to date, yet the only one of which was any good, X-Men Days of Future Past, also had its story co-written by Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn who previously penned X-Men First Class. That says it all, really. Elsewhere, Kinberg wrote the dreadful X-Men The Last Stand and the dull, distended X-Men Apocalypse, before inexplicably being given the reins to both write and direct the series' final mainline film, Dark Phoenix. It doesn't take a business genius to presume that giving a $200 million movie to a first-time director, adapting a story he botched previously no less, was a bad idea. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Dark Phoenix cratered both critically and commercially. There was a faint sliver of possibility that some aspects of this continuity could have been folded into the Marvel Cinematic Universe had it retained any semblance of quality in its later years. But alas, Kimberg struck out again and again and again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.